G'day everyone, welcome to another Tune Under podcast, the Southern Hemisphere's biggest and best podcast for all things Newcastle United. Uh, big show tonight, we've got a little bit of news that's been kicking around and we've sort of been putting this off and just touching the surface on it, but we're finally going to rip the band-aid off and go for a big deep dive into Alan St. Maximum, um, what's his status and does he have a future? At Newcastle United, uh, before we go any further and introduce the boys, uh, just a shout-out for everyone if you're watching. Give us a like. Um, I reckon we're going to probably generate a fair few comments with this. It's it's a very topical thing. It's probably the most topical thing and divisive thing I can remember for Newcastle United for a long, long time. So um, we'd love to hear your thoughts about it all, where you sit, whose side of the fence you sit on. So, um, yeah, give us a comment, like, uh, subscribe to the video as well. We're pumping along at the moment, chugging along. So um, tell your friends, get everyone on board and, and jump on. So uh, without further ado, uh, tonight joined by Lee in the self-proclaimed sporting capital of Australia, Brisbane. How are you, Lee? Wasn't self-proclaimed at all. It was by some Swiss place no. who decided Brisbane was <laughs> the capital of the sports in Australia. Melbourne didn't even make the top 20, man. That's how, that's how far away you lot are. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. right, mate. Thanks. Uh, how are you going? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Craig and your bung eye, how are you, mate? <laughs> uh, I'm all right with my one and a half eyes. Uh, yeah. I apologise if anybody's watching this on a big screen TV. You might <laughs> want to put a, a little block in front of where I am. Uh, I've got a hideous eye infection, but I'm here in spirit and in person. So, you know, looking forward to doing this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So for those watching at home, Craig hasn't been on the Gatorade saxophone the last two hours before he's jumped on and done this video. It is a genuine eye infection, so just bear with him. Don't look at him. Definitely don't look him into the eye. That's that's for sure. Um, you might want to listen to this one rather than watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not too late to jump onto Spotify or Apple Podcasts to get the rest of this podcast in. Um, we'll start off with Harvey Barnes. Craig, uh, Scott Wilson from the Northern Echo, Put out a story last night, our time, saying that uh, Newcastle are very confident the deal would be completed by the end of the week. Uh, a fee reported to be about $35 million with $5 million in add-ons. Um, and then another report came out later in the night or during the day from Craig Hope saying the deal's live but not close. Um, <laughs> someone's going to be right. Who, who's going to be right here? Uh, I'm hoping it's the first one. I really do. Um, purely on the fact that he's a player, I think that excites all of us as fans, uh, Harvey Bonds. And we want to get players in sooner rather than later so they can get a, a full pre-season or as close to a full pre-season, another belt, maybe uh, make the game at, a, is it Rangers at the weekend? I think Gates it's this weekend. Gates at this weekend and Rangers. Yeah, the Rangers might be the one after, yeah. Yeah, if he can make a Rangers game and then head off to uh, the two out of the states, that would be uh, a good place to get everybody in, you know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm not that bothered about the Rangers game, but I think the the America trip's key. I, you've got to try and get as many people and sort of bring them into the culture and sort of that first trip away is a really good time to sort of bond with your new teammates and and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, yeah, hopefully it's going to happen. I I think it'd be a great signing for the club. I don't think the fee's too ridiculous all things considered with his form, um, especially over the last sort of two seasons at, at Leicester. So hopefully they can come to some kind of arrangement reasonably quickly. And I think Leicester would probably want to get the money in too so they can start reinvesting and plotting their way back to the Premier League. Um, 
Lee, I know you're a big Harvey Barnes fan. <laughs> well, where do you are you excited for him to come in, or you're not you're not bothered? What's your sort of state of things? No, I'm very excited, mate. Um, the we got a whisper that Madison wasn't the primary target, and this was this was a few weeks ago now. Um, mm. I was quite keen to get uh, Madison in. I'm not going to lie, but um, I was also very keen on the idea of bringing in Harvey uh, Barnes because um, <laughs> you just have to look at even last season, man. 13 goals from the wing. Um, all right, you only got one assist, but if he's banging in double figures from the wing, um, you have to be kind of impressed with with that goal contribution. Um, mm. And if you compare him to the guy, the main guy that we always want to see down the left, who we're going to talk about soon, as you as you mentioned, ASM. Um, there really isn't any comparison as far as goal contributions are, are concerned. You know, last season, ASM got one. One goal, five assists. All right, got more assists, but one goal against Wolves, but just doesn't compare. Um, and if, if you can get someone in like Harvey Barnes who, who's reliable, who's going to be there game in, game out, I think he did something like 34 games last season. Mm. ASM I think, did yeah. 13. Yeah, 13, so, yeah. So you've got... You've already got that um, reliability factor coming in. Uh, you've got the goals coming in. He's about the same age. He's on about the same wages, although it depends on where you look. I've seen things ranging from 40 grand to 100 grand on both of these guys. <laughs> um, so God knows what they're actually on. But the, the, it looks to me like there's an obvious improvement. Okay, he doesn't have the flair of ASM, and we're going to talk about this a lot more now. Mm. But he has the goals. And over the last four seasons, he's been right at the top of the league as far as contributions are concerned over the, across Europe, really. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited. If we can get him in, I think that'll be an, an absolutely brilliant bit of, of business. Um, it might mean the end of ASM, but it also might mean that we've got ASM and Barnes as options down the left. And yeah. maybe the likes of um, Big Joe will be more central. Um, but no, I'm, I'm very excited. I hope, I hope we can get him in after all this talk. I really do. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I think it'd be a great signing, and whether it's a replacement for Maxi or it's a direct competition, I think it, we we win either way with that. So, yeah. um, moving on to a story, I'm not. I might have been Jordan Cronin uh, tweeted it that um, some fans have been doing the tour. I'm sure most of us overseas who have been over to Newcastle have done the stadium tour once or twice. Um, but they'd ripped out a whole heap of seats in the leases. And the, the tour guide had actually mentioned to him that they're actually replacing them seats with a big NUFC in in seats, which kind of sounds not exciting, but I think it's really exciting. Like, I don't know why I'm excited for seats, Craig, but I think it's great. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It, it's these little things that the owners are getting right, which make a big difference. Anything from cleaning the windows to getting anything... <laughs> Uh, like that's just showing, showing care. You know, when they show the, the stadium empty on the Sky Sports, or whatever, or the, like the, the build up of the game, anything like that, that's just going to get the name out there a little bit more, is all that little bit better. But I just wish they would just do the old black and white seating arrangement like they did before they had the stadium expansion in like uh, the mid 90s. I thought uh, the black and white seats, especially on the, the likes of the East End, just looked incredible. But it'd be interesting to see how this looks. Um, they're going to have it in four different blocks, obviously, with the four different letters. Yeah, so it'd be interesting to see it, how yeah. it works out. If they're going to do black and white letters, that would make sense. But um, I'm intrigued to see how it looks. Yeah. And the Leasers is um, undergoing some kind of mini renovation as well. Like I've been reading and hearing about things with the, um, the corporate hospitality area as well. It's been getting 
fully like full revamped. I think some people have actually lost their seats who have been in and around that area as well due to it. But that I think that's all part of the commercial growth and getting more high rollers in that are going to pump some more money into the club and stuff like that. But were you were you a bit of a seat nuffy like me and Craig and excited to see new coloured seats and spelling a word or something like that? Yeah, forget Harvey Barnes. Give us some coloured yeah. seats. That's what I'm on about. Give us some coloured seats. Um, I'll be honest. You know, you see a lot of stadia around Europe in particular and South America and all that, and they've always got, you know, names and stuff spelled out. Sometimes got the mic tick and that kind of stuff on it as well. Mm. For a very long time, I've wondered why we didn't have, and I was kind of thinking, would you put on the East Stand? But you can't really because it's too small. Um, it never occurred to me just to put the letters NUFC onto the leases. I assume they'll do level two to level four, so it gives them a fair bit of height, and they'll have to probably use uh, one and a half blocks or sections, I imagine, to try and fit mm. it all in. It's interesting what you say about the um, the corporates, because I used to let, sit in level uh, four in the leases corner, and I wasn't only a few seats behind where the, the boxes were. So I wonder if my seat might have been uh, cold, yeah. as you say, with the, with the, whatever they're doing there. I haven't seen anything about that, but uh, it's interesting. But I think, it, like Craig says, it, it's the details. It's the little things that they're doing, like giving the bloody walls a wash, like getting rid of the dead pigeon, cleaning the windows. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, it's not rocket science. It's just the useless sod who was here beforehand didn't give a flying monkeys about it. And the players started to look decrepit. And everyone mm. who's went that ground could see areas where it just looked rank. And so, you know, they've given it a wash. They're starting to put some nice little details around the stadium to give it a bit of personality, perhaps. Um, who knows? They might even change the slanty text on the East Stand. You know, yeah. they'll put that back to the normal non-sports direct font. Yeah. non italic um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, also there's other plans for that East Stand, isn't there, from what we hear. So um, the whole thing mm. might be good anyway. But... Uh, no, I'm a fan of it. I'm I'm a fan of anything that gives us um, a little bit of um, je ne sais quoi to the ground. It's already a lovely ground. Um, it could be better in certain areas, and I think just stuff like that. It's it's nice. There's nothing to complain about really at the end of the day. It's just a nice little yeah. touch. Can you just translate that for us? <laughs> what je ne sais quoi? Yeah, what's that? Uh, it's a song by Kylie Minogue, was it? Or was it something? No, who who sang that? I don't know. Sp- you're thinking of spinning around. Anyway, no, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last sort of thing, I th- I'm sure most people on our social media have seen, I think at the start of the week, that the safe standing seems to be finished in the Gallagher corner, um, which is another easy win, really, isn't it? It's a great initiative, Craig. Um, I think a lot, of, a lot of stadiums were a bit hesitant i guess after what had happened in the past but i'm moving now i mean there's so many so many ways you can you can do it and facilitate it and make it safe i think it's going to add a really look the atmosphere is already great but it's going to be a really really big and positive thing and increase the atmosphere i think at home games all right to be honest not many people sit in there this sit in the stadiums anyway no. most of them stand the majority of the time anyway. not in that corner Especially there, the, the strawberry corner you know yeah uh, and the fact they've done it up in there the away section as well i think that's pretty good um to be honest you won't be standing up too long at that place because you're getting a nosebleed anyway when you're up that high but uh your last thing you want to is falling forward when you're on level seven mm. because you're going to end up down in uh, the leases paddock at that rate but uh nah i'm all for it bring it on do more and uh, see how it goes. A few of the people who've had their seats replaced because they didn't want safe standing, they've been relocated successfully, apparently, from everything I've been reading. So they're happy with the seats that have been given is like an exchange type thing. 
So, so far, so good and not really had any complaints from anybody on social media. Yeah, I think you get you get the odd person who's probably cracked the shits about it, but I think you're going to do that and do get that wherever and whatever you do. You're not going to please everyone. There's going to be people who who crack it anyway. So, yeah, that's another another easy win, small win and stuff like that. I'm actually excited to see with um, with Stella, the sponsor, and their, um, I guess, sort of track record of providing for events and catering for events if they really look to enhance the match day experience outside of the ground and, and stuff like that. I wonder if that's going to be a thing this year and, and more sort of activities and, and shit like that maybe for the kids to to participate in when like just to make make them put themselves out there and promote themselves and and stuff like that so that might be something to watch well, i think there has been suggestions that the metro car park that we now have back under control of newcastle mm. will be turned into some kind of fan zone now i don't know if that's going to be for this season mm. or next season or whatever and obviously we don't live there so we don't get to see if anything's happening on the ground um but that was one suggestion that could bring in the kids could bring in the families just make more mm. of a day out of it than getting shit in the pub and then going to the, gotta, the match and getting out the match and shit sometimes, the <laughs> so you know it's it sounds like a good idea as well until they decide what they're going to do with it long term that could be a nice and it's, it's a fairly decent size as well there used to be it a is a good size yeah yeah, so it would be um, it'd be interesting to see what they do with that. And also for the safe standing, um, it's probably a good thing that the people who didn't want to be there have moved out because presumably that means people who do want to be there will be moved in alongside everyone who's already decided to stay so there. So it'd be more, yeah. The atmosphere should be a little bit more, you know, even more hot jumping. Yeah. Um, and it's always a good atmosphere in the corner anyway. Um, I don't think it's going to do anything to the capacity of this, the stadium because the seats are still there. The seats are still there, aren't they? Yeah. That's yeah so it's it's got to be a one-for-one one, apparently. You can just stand up and move right. forward a little bit, you know. So um, I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, is it a trial or are they actually are they, is this it? Like, is it done or is this like a trial for this this season to see how it goes or what? It's a trial to see how it goes in terms of um, how it works, whether it's a fan favourite type thing. And if it is, they'll roll it out in more parts of the stadium. Uh, oh. Whether they'll turn the, the majority of the Gallagher in the uh, safe stand and for the future, who knows. Um, but I, it's a trial to see how it goes, and then they'll expand it if uh, if requested. Well, that'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Then um, I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to see how it goes. You know, and um, it's nice to see it back. As you, as you touched on, Keegs, there was a good reason why they didn't have that for a long time. And um, it'll be interesting to see how the jobs with the uh, the, blo- the blokes in the floral who always try and keep people seated. Oh, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how they, <laughs> no, yeah. how they handle the the, the 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 mighty power stick being taken away from them. You know, yeah. and um, <laughs> how they react to so that. Be funny to see how they get on. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's just a couple of things been kicking around, but um, we've held off for long enough. Let's let's take the deep dive. Let's rip the Band-Aid off. Um, yeah, like I said at the start, off the top, he's probably the most polarising and debated player I can think of in living memory, probably. I mean, probably the other one who comes close was uh, Ben Arthur, but I, I don't yeah. think he's had it. He's been... He's, he's definitely been argued over, but I don't think he's he's been anywhere near argued over as much as ASM has over probably the last 12 months maybe. But maybe ever since Eddie Howe took over, they started was rumbling saying he wasn't going to be an Eddie Howe player and and this and that. But, yeah, given given his last 12 months and, 
and stuff like that and our sort of financial predicament, that that conversation's really starting to, to simmer and, and really come to the boil now. So what we're going to do is we've, we've made a few points, some pros and cons. So th- these aren't, um, how would I say, they're not opinions or anything like that. These are just the, the facts that we know and what's been stated publicly and stuff like that, what we've seen with our own eyes. So it's not a hyperbole. We're not trying to manipulate an argument one way or the other. These are purely um, purely things that have been seen or been said on the record. So the best thing with debates is to put all the facts out there and let people um, make up their own minds and stuff like that. So as you uh, alluded to earlier, Lee, over the last sort of season, he'd made 25 appearances for the club, which is probably a little bit more than I thought he did, actually. Uh, Craig, you mentioned he'd had four different injury layoffs over the course of the season as well, which probably didn't help. Um, so, yeah, 25 appearances, 13 appearances as a substitute, um, and he finished six games. So he, he played 90 minutes six times um, over the course of the season. So, uh, and like you said, Lee, he'd had one goal, one goal against Wolves, which was a great finish, to be yeah, honest. Um, was and five assists for the for the season as well. So that's where that's where we are. So I've started. We'll start with the pros, I think. Um, so dribbling obviously is is a, probably his biggest asset. That and his pace, Craig Fair. Yeah, definitely. I think every time he's like ranking one like the, the top five take ons in European football, not just in the Premier League. So yeah. he's obviously got that ability to beat a man, whether it be pace, dribbling, turn, acceleration, whatever. Uh, definitely excites everybody in that department. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, what else? I've got. He's a um, he's a fan favorite. Lee, would you say that? I think the fans. I think most fans seem to love him. Who are at the ground, and he seems yep. really well liked by the players as well. Like, I, I well, I haven't heard. <clears throat> I heard like second. You always hear rumors about discontent, and they're not happy. But from what we've heard with the players and from the coaches as well, they all love him too. Yeah. Um... Fan favorite, I guess that's subjective. Um, I don't think he's hated necessarily, but my opinion would be that he's by and large liked by the fan base. Um, his teammates probably like him, but he's who knows if he's around enough to uh for them to even remember who he is. From, yeah, yeah, from one injury layoff to the next. Um, we'll get that, we'll get that, we'll get to that in the uh, in the cons, <laughs> in the cons but think, call. But I think he, he certainly, I, I seem to remember him being pretty good with the fans when he first arrived. He, he, he had some nice words to say about the fans when he signed his new contract in 2020. Um, he, I think he's been given, he's been spotted, hasn't he? Handing out watches to people outside of the oh, Melbourne yeah. exit and, and this kind of thing. And that's a little bit interesting. In that, is that is that for the publicity? Is that just is he doing it for the sake? Is is it is is it his money? Has he been sponsored? Is he where's yeah. he getting these watches from? What's the deal with that? It's a bit it's a bit of a weird one that one. But I think in on the whole, I think it's fair to say he is well liked. It's just. It's the other things that will get yeah. you that stretch. Um, so he loves the club, Craig. I think that's that's fairly obvious with his social media and his engagement and, and everything like that. He always says the right things on social media and he seems to genuinely love the club. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, He wears his heart on his sleeve and that's good. He's got passion. He, he loves this club as much as the next player, I would probably say. Um, there's no denying that. But there's only so much that love and passion of the club will get you if you don't turn those performances on the pitch. 
I would also say, as far as his social posts, he drives Mark up the wall with his... Uh, <laughs> That's, his a pro. That's a pro. <laughs> yeah, with, with his 4D chess uh, comments that uh, don't really go anywhere and don't tell anything. Um, so another pro, another positive I've got is when he plays, um, we seem to have a good balance on both wings and a good threat from both wings. Like um, there was a time definitely during the last season where nearly all of our play was going down the right-hand side and, and teams yeah. really started to overload on that side yeah. because there was no threat coming from the left. So they could sort of just be – we're a bit predictable with what yeah. we were going to do. So when he does play, he does offer that sort of threat on the left-hand side too and it sort of makes it hard for teams to maybe read what we're doing and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So I think that's definitely a positive, Lee. Yeah. Although say I, will say, I will say as well, though, that – the more games that he plays down the left, the more the better teams handle what he's going to do. The kind of the, the more they are expecting him to cut inside because he's he's always going to cut inside, and they know that he's going to try and take them on, so they can somewhat predict that a little bit as well. And um, I've seen a lot of times when he's going to do something, he just quite easily loses the ball, and that's just because they know what he's going to do. So there's there's two sides to that, you know. But obviously. From a balance perspective, yeah, we were we were right side heavy for far too much of that season last season. Yeah, um, and and Harvey Barnes, of course, would help fix that. Yes, so that 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 sort of brings me to my last pro I had uh, listed it on my list anyway was for him to leave that that would hurt our depth. Um, without we don't know what's happening with Harvey Barnes at this point in time, so we can't say well we're not going to lose our depth because we'll have one out one in at the moment. We don't have Harvey Barnes, so if he leaves and Harvey Barnes doesn't come in, then that definitely hurts our depth on that left-hand side. Craig, it would do it? it would do if he played? Well, no, yeah. I'll I'll answer that question by asking a question as well. If he's fully fit in, say, the whole entire squad is, does he start on the left-hand side, or would you put Joe Linton or Joe Willock there? Because if it's just affecting the squad, it's not a major thing. But if it's affecting the starting eleven, then it definitely is. Where, where, where would you, if he's fully fit, and so is Joe Linton and Joe Willock, who would you start there? Uh, I mean, I was. You go, Liz. All right. No, I've, you go. I've, I've, um, we've seen too many times that ASM works better as an impact sub. You know, when the legs are getting tired and minds are getting weary, you, you get someone like him who can dance around people and uh, you, you profit from it. That's That tends to be the best time to bring him on, in my opinion, the way things are right now. Uh, and he doesn't track back an awful lot either, so you you, you lose a certain amount of protection for the back um, when he's up the up the wing, losing the ball, and then kind of trotting back, which he does far too often for my liking as well. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So I to answer your question, Craig, I think it, it would be uh, horses for courses. So depending on who the opposition was, I think that's who that like in a in a perfect scenario where we've got twenty five fit players and we can pick anyone we like. I think he'd pick the team depending on our opposition. Like, so you can't like, and I think that that's that my mind goes back to that Manchester city game at the start of the season where he was, he was unplayable, absolutely unplayable. And he had the freedom because man city was sort of, they were like two boxers just trying to punch each other and knock each other out. It was just back and forth. It was honestly one of the best games of premier league I've ever seen just because it was just two teams Dead set having a crack at each other for 90 minutes. It was great. But he was afforded that space because everything was open and that's when he looked his best. You know what I mean? Whereas 
when he plays against teams who are going to come and, and give us the dreaded low block, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's effect, as effective because he doesn't have that space to sort of go into. So to answer your question, I think for me it, de- it would depend on who we played as to whether he played or not. So um, we'll move on to the sort of cons or, or the reasons why he should leave, I guess. Um, the first one I had was his sort of inconsistency, I think. Um, but I think all these, definitely my first four points are all sort of intertwined together. So I had inconsistency, injury prone, his fitness and his work rate. Now I think you can sort of link all them together as, as a cause for like, they all sort of have a knock on effect on the next thing. So yeah, I think he's inconsistent because of his, he's not fit enough. And then he's not fit enough because he's injury prone and because he's not fit enough, his work rate's not where it is for where everyone else is. Is that probably fair, Lee? I think, you're, I think you're probably right in, in large parts there. Um, I'm also not sure if he really suits Eddie Howe's high-pressing system either. Um, that's that's the other argument, is it? Is it? Is he breaking down because his body, well, he was, can't do what yeah. the team needs him to do? That's precisely what I was going to get at. So is is the reason why he's breaking down just because he is the a good player but the wrong player in the, the new system, if you like, that we have now? Mm since uh, Cabbage Heed buggered off and Eddie Howe came in. Um, <laughs> so, I, But yes, he is far too unreliable because he's, in, he's breaking down. And when he comes back, you have to get back up to match speed. And then that's a time when you can get injuries quite easily because your body's not quite up to it. And um, then you obviously you're letting down the team a little bit because you're not performing at your best. And then you get an injury and it's all the way back to square one. And you just give us the same problems over and over again. So, yeah, I mean, I think if... It's partly that, but also I do wonder if he's if he's right for this team just because of the way we play. Yeah. Craig, where do you sort of land on all that? Just pretty much echo what Lee said, to be honest. Um, I do think the, the inconsistency of being out of the team due to injury uh, doesn't help. Doesn't allow you to get back to match fitness. Doesn't allow you to build up confidence or anything like that at all. And then when he does have a good game, he's back out for another two or three. You know, it, the, there's just not enough there to suggest that Eddie wants him around and then not coming from any, obviously any inside knowledge around because none of them got that. But just from my opinion, I don't think Eddie can trust him as a player over the course of the season anymore. Yeah. He can't. My, he can't. Yeah. Well, he can't. Why is, you can't rely on it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. you can't rely on him at all. But yeah, when, when you say trust, that my mind sort of harks back to that. Remember that Forest game where they were going to hock him before half time? Yeah. And they actually moved him in to the middle and pulled. Uh, we might have been Isak out on the left for the last sort of 10 minutes. And I don't know if you remember, you definitely remember, Craig. I don't know if you remember it, Lee. Graham Jones, was him and Eddie got in, a, it looked like they were getting in an argument just before half time. And I think Craig was saying, well, get him off. Like, and then they ended up hooking him at half time and Anderson come on in the second half. And we all know what happened after half time at, uh, at Forest. But yeah, that, that, that sort of, yeah, can he be trusted to, fulfill his role even when he did get a start. Um, so the other things I've got as a sort of negative, I guess, is – well, not a negative for him anyway. Um, I think when he goes home when he's injured, I think that would rub people up the wrong way. I know, now, I know I said at the start we're not sort of going to make dis- dispersions and stuff, but 
I like. I think a lot of us and probably a lot of people who are watching and listening have been involved in sport in 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 some capacity, and to see a teammate, what looks like on the surface, not buying in, like he can stay. He's got like we've all seen the new training ground upgrades and stuff like that. Like the money they've spent and the medical facilities and the medical professionals that they've actually brought into the club in the last 18 months has been well overdue. And some of the stuff we've got now is state of the art in terms of mm-hmm. medical science and stuff like that. Why he can't stay in the country and at the club and get his treatment, I don't know. But I reckon that would sort of piss a few people off, Lee. Maybe. Um for all we know, he's done that in the past with his previous injuries and then hit upon a formula that worked best for him by going abroad to do it his way. Um, I mean, he knows his body better than anyone. And also, it's you got to remember, it's also a mental battle as much as, as, as it is a physical battle to get back into, into shape. Um, I don't blame him for wanting to go into to somewhere that he knows, perhaps in France or even just somewhere that's warmer than the Northeast. I mean, pick a place that's pretty much all warmer than the northeast. Um, <laughs> you could go so, anywhere. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's probably a little bit too harsh to knock him down for this. Although it's what he does on top of his supposed training when he's aware that is, I think, a distraction that he could do without. If you know what I mean. If I don't know if it's on your mm-hmm. list, but I'm talking about Helios here. No, no, Helios wasn't on my list at all. I don't think that's a pro. Mm-hmm. For him staying or a reason for him to leave i think that's I his think, own personal yeah, stuff I, I mean i don't i don't mind players having hobbies don't get me wrong but if he's injured and he's his mind appears to be more interested in playing cards and chucking fat wads of cash around a, a around table and <laughs> and you see him leaning across these giant tables and i'm thinking oh mate, didn't put your hammy for god's sake you're supposed to be taking it easy <laughs> you know it's supposed to be focused on recovery not like nicking this kid's money with some weird card game. So I do sometimes wonder where his focus is, and I wonder if his focus does drift in those situations. Yeah. All right. So the last two things I've got, Craig, that that are sort of negatives and, and reasons to sell him is he's the only valuable asset we've got. So mm-hmm. we are we are told time to and time again. Yeah. So with FFP and things like that, the reality is we don't have – much to sell like we read the story this morning that um man city sold some kid from the academy for was it 15 million to yeah. southampton like, mm-hmm. like i've never heard of him and they've he sold they've sold some kid for more than well the same as chris wood so like yeah it's it's frightening how far we are behind in, in terms of that stuff so really he he is the most valuable asset we've got to flog off and it could really help with FFP and, and for those who aren't totally across it, basically in a, in a nutshell is when you bring a player in, you can stretch their contract over five years for FFP. When you sell a player, that amount comes in full straight away. So if we brought someone for 30 million, that 30 million is stretched over five years. If we sold um, ASM for 30 million, that 30 million is banked straight in there this year in this year's account. So that's why it is probably the most valuable asset and i think he's probably the reality is he's probably triple the value of what anyone else we're probably going to get rid of he's probably triple the value of all them so that sort of counts against him if we need a sacrificial lamb to balance the books he's probably going to be it and then that ties into my last one craig when 
we've won and we've played really well without him in the team. So he's not a, I wouldn't say he's a key part of our team and we need him to win like we had maybe in his first couple of years with the cab. Yeah, uh, he, he is a luxury player and I know a few of have mentioned that, uh, but he's certainly not a, a key integral part of this team. He absolutely not. The, the moments of brilliance like against Man City, they're too far and in between. And I, I, I do think he will go in the summer. I think it'll drag on right till the end of the summer, unfortunately. So we'll have to wait to get uh, the funds from him. But in terms of his place in the squad, where I see him sitting is just on the bench. I can't see him doing anything more than that. I do think he will go for plus 35 million. Uh, I hope he does anyway, at least. Um, where his mentality lies in the club, I don't know. Uh, does he want to be here? Does he not want to be here? He's no longer the centre of attention, that's for sure. And I think that's one thing that's maybe got to him as well. As he was Mr. Newcastle at one point because he was our only hope and glory during those dark days. But now we've got so many better players, consistently better players on him. Maybe he's just thinking, you know what, maybe it is time for me to move on where I can be a bit more in the limelight. If you went Everton, uh, I mean, who they got compared to him? No one. Um, so he'd be trying like pretty much a god over there. But we've got players now which are surpassed him in just a matter of a few months. If you look like Isak, uh, Bruno, Big Joe, uh, they're all far better consistent players than what he's ever been for us. Mm. Yeah, so that there that's what I had. I'm not sure if you guys had anything else for either pros or cons and stuff like that, but so that's that was sort of how I listed it. But I've got I've got five questions to finish off this pod, and I think they're probably really important questions that um could sort of determine one way or the other what what his future might be. The first one, I'll come to you, Lee, is um, Craig spoke about that earlier. He, he has, when he signed, he was the top dog. He was he was the man. It looked like everything was just give it to him and he'll, he'll do something. Now he's not. So now, now he's a squad player. Do you think he'll accept being a squad player or do you think he likes to be that the main dog like he was under Cabbage Head? Well, I suppose he's gone from a big fish in a little pond to a little fish in a big pond, hasn't he? Um, mm. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know him well enough to know where, where his head is. I say well enough, I don't know him at all. To, see, to know where his head is <laughs> with regards to the fame and the fortune and the limelight and, and how that affects his psychology, I couldn't honestly say. Um, but like most players who think they are pretty good, and, and uh, do I remember rightly, he once said he wanted to win the Balloon Door? Did, didn't yeah. he say that once? Yeah. yeah. So he obviously has a high opinion of himself. Um, players like that, because you're taught to always have the confidence in yourself, you're taught it's drummed into you from the very early age, have confidence in yourself, have confidence. Be the you know big cock of the north. Every time anyone asks you, do you think you're any good? You say, yes, I've got confidence in my own ability. Every player says, I've got confidence in my own ability in every interview they ever asked. Um and I think he's the kind of player who will be exactly the same as us. So will he, will he accept being on the bench? It's hard to say. If we weren't in the Champions League, I would say right off no. Um, but because we have that European campaign at the top of the, the European table to, to come, and there's a good chance he, if he can stay fit, there's a good chance he might get some minutes there where, who knows, he might be absolutely sensational against European competition. Um, you might be happy with that. It, it, it's impossible to know. Yeah, so I, I think that if he stays fit, he'll play a lot more this year, just given the sheer 
games and the the shorter turnarounds and stuff like that. So if he's if he can mentally accept that role that he's not going to be the big dog, I think he could be really valuable this year. Craig, I'll come to you. He's been Alan's been very vocal in his um, hopes and, and and dreams to represent France and play play for the national team. Um, so do you think, given he's not going to be a main a main player here, do you think he might move to try and get into that sort of well, not get into that, but achieve that dream? Because I don't think he's going to get that playing here and playing a playing a squad role. I don't even think you would do if he went if he stayed in the Premier League and say he does go to a mid-table team, uh, somebody the likes of. Um, Brentford, Fulham, somewhere like that. Those teams aren't as high profile enough to warrant a place in that French national squad because that squad is littered with high quality that play in Champions League season in, season out, left, right and centre. They are a bunch. They, they've got a squad, a 25-man squad of world-class players. Alonso Maxman isn't a world-class player. He sometimes had world-class um, appearances, but there's just no consistency there for him to make that squad. And I don't think if he drops down a, a tier of team in terms of quality, then it's going to be even harder for him to make that French squad. Yeah. I think, look, I don't even think he'd be in the top. If you pick France's best 40 players, <laughs> I don't no, think he'd probably be in it. Like, it doesn't, it yeah, doesn't play enough. Man. It, it just doesn't That's right, enough. yeah. He's too unreliable. You can't pick... Uh, Nan Saint-Max, and the way he is now and has been for the last few seasons, for a national team of France's expectation, if you like, you, you just can't do it. He's not fit enough. He's not sharp enough. He's not reliable enough. He takes up a squad place you could give to someone else who you definitely can't do those things with or get those things from, rather. He's just not mm. good enough. It, it, it is, his body just cannot take it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So we know his sort of first 18 months, I guess, was great. Like He... he you could mount the case that he probably kept us in the league the first two seasons he was at the club. He was the only shining light, probably, and the only thing that a lot of people had to look forward to when they went to the game was see if he was going to actually do something. Um, does what what he did in that period have any relevance to today? So, so Craig, can we sort of get stuck in the past or? Are we at the point now where we live more in the present to say, look, your last 12 months has been, like, awful, both in probably form, fitness, the whole lot? Like, how much does that first sort of two years count? It has to count towards something, but I don't think it's an awful lot. I really, because back then we were a completely different team and a different ownership, different management. We didn't have a style of play. We didn't have a clue in what we're doing. It was literally a case of give it ASM, see what he can do. Hopefully we can make a goal, get a point, and maybe get all three. Now we've got a strategy. We've got an own. We've got an ownership that actually cares about the club. We've the club's got a future. We've got a manager who knows what he's doing. He actually knows what tactics are, and those aren't the little white things that come in the box. Uh, I just genuinely, <laughs> that's a good joke, that one. <laughs> but uh, that's yeah, good. Um, that's good. I, I do think that in terms of where we were when he was our top dog, that does need some recognition because I think it was Jack I mentioned, without uh, ASM and Dubrovka, we would be in the championship. 
those two almost single-handedly kept us in the league, definitely. So he has to get some recognition there. But I think it will be a case of thanks for everything you've done in the past. Good luck in your future endeavours, that type of thing. Every player comes and goes with the club, and he, unfortunately, probably will be one of them this summer. Yeah, well, (laughs) that, that ties into my last question, mate. Should we sell him? Yes or no, Craig? Again, I, I'm genuine on the fence on this. I, I do think he will be sold, but would I personally sell him? No. Purely on the basis of the fact that if he can stay fit, there aren't many more exciting players in world football than ASM. And on the Champions League, like Lee said, could he thrive? He very well could. It could be the stage where uh, his eyes light up and he is the player he wants was for us. And hopefully that is the case. Lee, I'll come to you, mate. Should we sell him? Uh, we asked. We had the same conversation, the same question. Was it last season or season before? Even I think it might have been last season. Yeah, it was last season actually. Um, and my response was, wait till January to see how he gets on and make a call then and get rid of AS, and get rid of Miggy in last summer. Um, just as well, you weren't alive. Really you, well, you, you weren't alive. Yeah, yeah, but just as well, nobody took any notice because <laughs> you know, obviously, Miggy scored all those goals and uh, ASM did absolutely nothing. Um, I don't, <clears throat> there is potential there, and this is the problem with him. There is potential there, there is skill there, without a doubt. He's a highly skilled player. It's the reliability that is the problem. Now, we have if we're going to keep him, we have to fix it, otherwise, we're just taking up a spot. That could be better served with someone else. Um, so we have to be able to fix them. If we haven't been able to fix them now, I'm not sure what makes us think we might be able to fix them, you know, in the next season or two, or whatever mm. it might be. He's here till 26 uh, with his latest contract. Should we sell him? I think it may be a case of not should, but we have to for FP, FFP reasons. If we want to bring in any number of people. Don't forget, we've also got to get our um, ratio of wages to turnover down to 90%. And uh, I didn't know this until I looked at it, but it actually includes the coaching staff's wages in there as well, not just the players. Oh, does it really? I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I mean, includes, yeah. includes the transfers and also includes the agent fees. So that's all got to be taken into that 90% that we have to meet for this season coming up, um, as I understand it. I could be wrong, but that's what I've read on the UEFA site. Um, so... It may be a case that we just have to. We have to get the income in. Um, it's all right amortizing all these in- incomes and spread them over five years, and that goes towards the pot that you spend initially. Um, so we're not there if it's 75 million, we've spent maybe half of it, but you know, that doesn't get down the 95% down to 90 on its own. And again, I just keep coming back to it. I'm sound like a broken record. Can we rely on him? Can we rely if you get rid of him? We'll have to replace him with someone, and that's going to be Harvey Barnes. But then do we have enough cover down the left? We've got Joe Linton, you've got uh, Anderson, you've got uh, whoever else. Gordon can do the left. Gordon can play there as well, yeah. You've got a bunch of people who can cover down the left if, let's say, for argument's sake, Harvey Barnes is our starter. Um, I think probably, all things considered, I think probably his time's come to to go find pastures new. I actually hope he doesn't do it in the Premier League, though, because if he turns out to be sensational and he's... He's fit. <laughs> be fucking he's fit on the back, he got fit on the back of our dollar, and he starts yeah. banging him in this other team, like evident for Christ's sake. Then I'll yeah. be absolutely Yeah. So I've I've hopped up and down. No, I've jumped fences back and forth for months over over this guy. Like his talent is undeniable, and 
when he's on, he's probably one of the most unplayable players in the world, and, and no yeah. one can argue. No, no one can argue that at all. The issue is you see it three or four times a year. Yep, and I think where we are now, where we we don't need guys who are ten out of ten for three games, and then three or four out of ten for. 30 games. Like we're not we're not that team anymore. And no, we've got no other player like that who who'll give a performance like that. So with his inconsistencies with his injuries, I'm not sure if you can trust him or his body. And and like Lee said, taking up a, a, a squad space. And even if he moved on and we didn't get Harvey Barnes, I still think we've got enough. And we showed last season that we did have enough to cover that position, whether it was Gordon sort of after January, which I think he'll be a lot better player next season than what oh, he was for the, for the six months. Um, the Willock and, and Joel Linton thing seemed to work pretty well when, when they played out there. Anderson showed a little bit. I think that's his probably preferred positions out on the left rather than he did play a bit in the midfield towards the end of the year through injuries and sort of unavailability and things like that. So I think we've got enough good players there to cover and not be a worse team. And if Barnes comes in, well, that's great. We've got even more, and maybe that means Jolinton, like you said earlier, Lee, can can focus more on that central role. He can't pinch hit out on the left if we need to, but yeah. we've got that versatility, especially with Gordon as well, where we've got a lot of players who can play in sort of different positions. So even even um, Isaac, even Isaac's been yeah 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 yeah. That's we forgot about that. That's just, he's probably <laughs> the most effective one. But um, yeah, if it was if it was up to me, I'd pull the trigger and sell him. I just don't think he's reliable enough for where we want to go. And that's not saying he's a bad player or he might, he's been amazing for us. He's been incredible. And like I said earlier, he's probably kept us in the league the first couple of years he was here, given how shit we were and some of his performances, but whether it's the coach and he's actually had to play to a structure now and just a pat on the head and go out and do your best and everyone yeah. giving the ball. I don't know if that's, that's part of it as well, but um. He's, he's a good player, but I don't think he's a good player for us. You, you kind of carry a position like that with with a guy like that for, across four different competitions. In, in this, we need we need yeah. everyone to be on it. We need everyone to be available. Yeah, we um, need all hands and, on deck. Yeah, and and also I'm just thinking like how are the, how many other teams, even even just the Premier League, have a player like him? Probably none really. Who who can jink and skip and twist and turn? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'm sure there's maybe one or two, but by and large. They don't have players like that because why? They're not because trustworthy. They're yeah. not reliable. Mm. And, and they can be found out really easy, as we've mentioned. Like it, It's not that difficult to figure out what he's going to do when you've seen it a thousand times before. Mm. Yeah, so so we've got Craig, Craig keep, keeps, Lee. I'm, if we I have am to... literally 51% keep him, 49% sell him. That's don't how change your tune him. now, you pussy. No, no, you had your chance. I'm still in favour of keep him. But again, it's as borderline as you can possibly get, you know. Yeah. So that and that that's the that's the reality we live in. We'll get fifty percent of people say keep him, and the other fifty percent say get rid of him. Let's cut our losses and get some money in and stuff like that. So if you're still with us, love to hear your thoughts in the comments. Um, he's definitely, and if you don't agree with someone in the comments, you don't have to bloody railroad them out just politely <laughs> disagree and put your put your case forward um we can all be friends here and 
a difference of opinion is fine, but there's a there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it. Um, and Craig, your way is wrong. So <laughs> um, that'll that'll be it tonight, boys. I think um, appreciate your time. It's been one I've been sort of hanging out to do for a while, and given this Harvey Barnes talk, I thought tonight was a good time to pull the trigger and let it all out. This is our safe space, so. Yeah. We can we can say things that yeah no one watches yeah no one watches us so we can say what we like and <laughs> uh, <laughs> no one will ever remember it isn't that right Craig no one remembers anything you say on this podcast absolutely um all right we'll wrap it up there boys Lee mate it's good to have you back on thanks mate you've been um you've been MIA for a little bit but it's good to have you back in the starting lineup Craig I hope you and your bong eye get better <laughs> soon. Oh, friggin' hope so. I've got to go into uh, work tomorrow and I've uh, been off for the last few days. I'm going to get some funny looks, that's for sure. Someone's going to think I've come loose from a nuclear power plant or whatever. <laughs> so nothing changes with people's opinions <laughs> when they look at your work. <laughs> just just another day that ends in wife for Craig at work. Um, yeah, thanks everyone for uh, for joining Jimmy us. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, make sure if you're still with us, give us a like and a comment. Um, subscribe to the channel as well. We'll be back either over the weekend or early next week with another another big show. And hopefully uh, next week we've got a special guest lined up. So stay tuned for that. Um, thanks, everyone, for your time. We'll see you next time. Thanks, boys. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye, everyone.